What's going on, everybody? Hardest part of the ring. Back again with a salty, salty podcast on the way here. Ooh, baby. Um, so this isn't actually. So I had actually had plans to uh, for another podcast this week, but certain, let's just say, certain events this week have uh, have made me pivot on that a little bit and have made me to decide to uh, shut down some more idiots this week because apparently these people just sprout from trees or something because there's no getting rid of them. And that's really, if you can count on one thing when it comes to wrestling, it's that its fans will always remain toxic they will always remain unsatisfied, and they will always be hypocrites. Man, where do I even... So, this kind of harkens back to like why I started this podcast. If you go back and listen to the first episode, I spent a lot of time going over like how I think smart fans, quote-unquote, the internet, dirt sheets, how all of that, you know, all this stuff that like shortens the link between the fans and the wrestling industry all these things that pull the curtain back are absolutely ruining wrestling it's ruining it now maybe that's something that was just destined to happen maybe it's something that was inevitable and maybe it's something that can't be brought back but the fact remains is that wrestling like the the downfall of wrestling is proportional to the amount of technology available to its fans meaning that as soon as fans were able to get on twitter and talk like just directly communicate to wrestlers as soon as these dirt sheets were available to fans at the drop of a hat as soon as fans stopped watching the product as fans and started watching it as analysts as bookers as critics as soon as that happened that's when wrestling took a dive and now that's not to say wrestling didn't always have its critics because it did you know people were shitting on hulk hogan in the early 90s people were tired of the rock in 2001 2002 people were getting fatigued with stone cold after you know his peak this isn't a new concept right but it's the extent of it it's the magnitude of it why do, why do I bring that up now? Well, there are two specific storylines on Raw occurring right now that I'm going to get into, and they both are pretty related in how the fans are reacting to it and why the fans are having such a poor reaction to it. And um, so, yeah, like I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to title this podcast as I'm, as I'm recording it, but basically the overarching theme here is that Smarks are ruining wrestling not only are they ruining wrestling for wrestling's sake but they're ruining wrestling for them they're ruining their ability to watch and enjoy the product and i'm gonna pull up a tweet here that really sparked my uh my motivation to do this episode here i'm gonna pull it up real quick so basically so i said there's two matches that centers around the problems that smart fans have the first one I'm going to bring up is Street Profits versus Viking Raiders. Now, I'm sure you've seen it all over the internet. 
um you've been watching it on raw maybe some people have i feel i feel i think like at least two or three hundred people watched raw right and if you're not caught up so we have the street profits and the viking raiders now these these teams have faced each other several times already in their careers in wwe they face each other at nxt they faced each other on raw it's it's not something new it's not something fresh but basically the street profits are the tag team champions the viking raiders are the dominant team essentially the number one contenders the unofficial number one contenders i guess so basically they're building to a future tag team title match between these two teams now if we want to go by the standard of how tag team title matches have been built in the previous fuck i don't know four or five six years you would basically have two teams you basically have the champions and you have the challengers. You would have uh, you would have the two teams face each other on Raw, the the challengers in, in, in a non-title match. You would have the two teams fight each other on Raw in a non-title match. You would have the challengers win and basically earn a shot at the champions at the next pay-per-view. And then in the build-up to the pay-per-view, you might have like one, like two singles matches between each you know, team member, you might have an eight man tag with the two teams involved. You might have a backstage interview or two, and then you'd have, you get to the pay-per-view and they'd be thrown on the kickoff show and the match would get six minutes. And then the, whoever, who, whatever team would win. And then the rivalry would be thrown in the trash and forgot of like it never even happened. That's how tag team title matches have been built in WWE for the past several years. And it's been to say it's been ineffective would be a gross understatement. It's been, it's been, it's not even been bad. It's been like nothing. It's been like worse than indifferent. It's been like people don't even notice it a lot of times. How many people even remember that Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins were tag team champions? Can you remember any matches they had? How about the revival? The revival are like five times, six time tag team champions, but I bet you can't remember one time they fucking won the titles or defended them. The New Day and the Usos are just hot potato in the tag team titles. Point is, that division has been a joke for a while. And that's not something that I will argue against. But then we as fans can ask ourselves, well, why is it a joke? Is it because the talent isn't good? No, that's not it at all. Like I said, the Revival, New Day, Usos, Viking Raiders, Street Profits, these are all talented teams in their own ways. They all bring great things athletically and they are all able to have these characters. Note the word able there. I didn't say they do have characters. I say they are able to basing that off of their prior stints in NXT or other promotions, but they haven't been given that chance to shine under the WWE umbrella, which brings me to what exactly the issue is what the issue is in terms of the tag team division and why people don't care about it and why it does not get time on WWE TV. And, you know, just to lead into that, I'll get back to that tweet that I referenced earlier. So WWE posted, this was on May 17th, which was before raw. And the tweet says, get ready for an ax throwing contest tomorrow night on raw between the street profits and the Viking Raiders. And then you have a little image, you have a little link to WWE.com has a picture of the two teams basically leading up to this segment that would occur on Raw. Now, there was a comment under it that says, let's see how many e-drones defend this booking decision. Booking is in quotes. Now, right off the bat, so I'm looking at this guy. 
His name's Skyfire. Skyfire says that basically he's asking for people to defend this. So in his mind, this is objectively a poor booking decision. And he <laughs> he says e-drones, which is a thing that he's trying to get over, but nobody's buying into. He doesn't like it. And he wants to hear WWE fans defend it. So then we have somebody responds to him uh, at Vincent Michaels. He says, there's literally nothing wrong with it, you dumb fuck. Skyfire says, that's one. Any more takers to defend this? Michael says, pretending that this isn't great doesn't change anything. Go ahead, give me an argument. Skyfire says, yep, let's put our tag team through a series of non-wrestling, all caps, challenges just to try to pop ratings while at the same time making our tag division, in quotes, an even bigger joke. Michael says, okay, let them wrestle each other every week and watch idiots like you complain about the lack of variety or storytelling in the division. It's called building anticipation. Skyfire says, yup, programmed just like Vince wants you to be. If his were any other promotion, if this were any other promotion, you and every other e-drone, all caps, would be dragging this down to the sewers. Michael says, Get fucked. Every promotion should be doing stuff like this whenever it's necessary. This is no different than MJF strapping Cody. Skyfire says, yes, it's a huge difference. The story behind MJF and Cody make it work. There is no story here, and it's just Vince and his creative team being morons. Michael says, wrong. Clear story they've been building to telling us that the Prophets can't beat the Raiders in wrestling. So they're going to non-wrestling challenges to prove their point of up to prove their point of established dominance. Simple, makes sense storytelling. Skyfire says, "Yeah, right. Whatever. Ha ha. You have to tell whatever you have to tell yourself to justify this." And then some laughing gif. So, I go through that little back and forth between these two people. Whatever. I don't know who these people are on Twitter, but this basically encapsulates what I'm talking about here, right? So we have Skyfire here, who is. Obviously, he doesn't like WWE, probably loves AEW. I'm only assuming. Let's just go up tweet by tweet here. I'm doing this not to dissect these two particular people. I'm doing this to because this is kind of a microchasm of the wrestling community and why it has so many, why the wrestling community is one of the worst communities on the internet. So you have, okay, so let's see how many e drones defend this. There's literally nothing wrong with it. And you know what? There is nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. You have the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders. Like I said, these two teams have faced each other before. And every time they faced each other, I believe, the Viking Raiders have won. Every time. They've established dominance against the Street Profits. And as at Vincent Michael said earlier, the story is simple here. The Viking Raiders have dominated the Street Profits at every single match they've had together. So to further that, they're going to challenge them. They challenge them to basketball. They're like, man, we just kick your ass in wrestling every single time. I bet we could beat you in everything. Even basketball that you're probably good at because you're black, I guess. Whatever. The Viking Raiders challenge them to basketball. So the Viking Raiders challenge them to basketball. And... I'm not even saying you have to objectively like the segment, but the point is, 
they're building personalities for these people. The Street Profits and the Viking Raiders are both character-heavy teams. They're not, you know, just singlets and knee pads wrestlers. There's a team that, you know, is very flashy and flamboyant and likes to party and is very loud and obnoxious. And then you have the Viking Raiders who are like, whatever, Vikings and also Raiders. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, I don't have to spell it out for you. You know what they are. So you have these two teams. You could take one path and just have these teams face each other and match after match on Raw, have some 50-50 booking, lead to a match that lasts six minutes on a pay-per-view that nobody gives a fuck about, and then just move on with your day until the next pair of teams. Or you can take the time and build characters, build personalities for people to associate these teams with. That's the problem with not just tag teams, but wrestlers in general on the roster. You have people like Ricochet or Cedric Alexander or Humberto Carrillo or Buddy Murphy or Drew Gulak. You have all these people that are sure they're athletic and they might be technically good at the art of pro wrestling, but fans don't care about them. You know why they don't care about them? Because they don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. And if the fans don't know like what who what your motivations are, what your personality is like, why would they cheer or boo you? You know what I mean? So this is why, and now I'm not saying that the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders are on the same level as Stone Cold or Rock or Undertaker or whoever, but you look back in the Attitude Era, you had Stone Cold, there, there wasn't a lot of wrestling. There wasn't bell-to-bell wrestling. You had fucking Stone Cold driving in on a Zamboni running into the ring. You had... Stone Cold spraying beer all over the ring. You had The Rock throwing Stone Cold over a bridge into the into a lake. You had Kurt Angle spraying milk all, all over everybody in the ring. You had Undertaker disemboweling people backstage. You had Kane lighting people on fire. You had Triple H hitting people with sledgehammers and fucking choking people out backstage. Bell-to-bell wrestling doesn't generate ratings. It never has. It never will. Just pure... You know, collar elbow tie up. Uh, you know, you know they're chain wrestling back and forth, back and forth. Uh, rolls out to the ring, goes for a tope, uh, gets back in the ring. You know, high spot, high spot, false finish, false finish. Oh, this is awesome! Uh, all that shit. Nobody gives a fuck about that. Stop kidding yourself. I hear that all the time. You're not a wrestling fan. You're a sports entertainment fan. Yeah, I like to be entertained and not watch choreographed dancing i like to watch characters fighting i like stakes to be involved i like a reason to be watching i like to watch a story unfold if you're gonna throw two nameless people out there that are just good at wrestling nobody cares about that nobody cares that is evidenced by nxt and aew both having poor ratings poor falling ratings both of them by the way have poor ratings. You could say the same thing, but ROH, NWA, MLW, all these promotions that have good, very, you know, crisp, fluid, fast-paced action in the ring, in between the ropes, but there's no characters that the fans can latch on to, so nobody cares and nobody watches. That's why WWE has solidified itself as the top dog in wrestling, because it's spectacle. It's a platform for spectacle and for characters to be built. 
and for people to latch on to characters and understand who they are and be able to cheer or boo them accordingly. To get reactions from the fans. To get people to tune in to see unique things happen. Not the same drop down, leapfrog, run into the corner, uh, you know, duck the clothesline, tilt a whirl, back break, whatever the fuck. That has its place. But that's all, when it's all that is on the show, nobody's going to tune in. People don't watch wrestling for in ring action. And I say that generally. I know there, people have different tastes. People look for different things in wrestling. But as far as drawing viewers in, like an objective metric that we can look at, as far as people tuning in to watch, as far as creating must see TV, bell to bell. In between the ropes, action is not what brings in people. You can look at that objectively. Back in 2000, late 90s, early 2000s, you had a heavy character-based roster. The shows were formatted in a way where there wasn't that much wrestling. There wasn't that much wrestling. And that's another thing I see all the time on the internet. Man, back 18 years ago, it was about wrestling. Now it's just garbage. It was not about wrestling 18 years ago. In fact, it has never been more about wrestling than it is right now. The product has never been more wrestling-based than it is today in 2020. Also, ratings have never been lower than they are today in 2020. Ratings have never been higher than they were in the late 90s when you had Undertaker lighting people on fire and you had mankind fighting people in boiler rooms and you had DX fucking getting girls to show their tits wrestling. (laughs) The product quality isn't increased with an increased amount of wrestling. And if you think that you're kidding yourself, you're not savvy. You're not a smart, savvy fan for preferring wrestling. I think that's the problem here. People just think it like it's like a cool Like, they're in the know. Like, they're in this exclusive club that, oh, you guys like WWE, but I like the sport. I like the, I like the grappling aspect of it. It's so interesting. Is it? Wrestling does not generate ratings. You know what generates ratings? Storylines and characters do. The Mick Foley and The Rock, the This Is Your Life segment, one of the highest rated segments of all time, had zero wrestling was 100% a goofy comedy segment. The Edge and Lita live sex celebration. Mean Street Posse versus Briscoe and Patterson. The higher power stuff with Vince McMahon and The Undertaker. All that stuff was not the athletic, you know, feel-out process, topes, chain wrestling, false finishes. That was There was none of that in this. It was all character work and it was all storylines. Since then, ratings have been on the, on the decline. And you know why? Those ratings have been declining for years, inversely proportional to the amount of in-ring action, meaning the more time dedicated to in-ring action, the lower the ratings get. We want we want Chris Benoit to be world champion. We want Eddie Guerrero to be WWE champion. Yeah, they gave it to you, and then you stopped fucking watching. Ratings plummeted after WrestleMania 20 with Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero as your figureheads. They went back up when it went back to Triple H and whatever jbl and all that's like the character-based stuff people tuned into that because guess what it had story to it it had 
a narrative that you could follow and watch and be on this path of uh, of a story that had an ultimate ending. It, ha- it was a tree that had different branches that could go off of it. It wasn't this linear, oh, here's this guy that's really good at technical wrestling. Oh, let's keep watching him. I'm sure that won't get old. Newsflash, it did. Modern day wrestling, you had, you had champions like Seth Rollins or AJ Styles. Did anybody care about AJ Styles as WWE champion in his second run? No, you did not. He was having great matches, but guess what? He didn't have a character at all, so nobody cared about him. Nobody gave a shit about AJ versus Rusev or AJ versus Shinsuke. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. In the terms, if we're just looking at how wrestling fans perceive that match, it should have been a match of the decade. But it wasn't. You know why? Because there was no story. AJ Shinsuke had no story. But AJ's first run, he was a heel. AJ and John Cena had a story. People loved that shit. AJ and Undertaker had a story. People loved it. It was a it was a cinematic boneyard match, and it was the best thing on WrestleMania. What does that tell you? And this all loops around back to Street Profits versus Viking Raiders. People want to pretend like they just want to see these teams wrestle each other. You don't. You know why? Because they have before, and you probably didn't even fucking notice. Now we get these segments where each team can show their personality and their character. The, the Street Profits can be comedic, they can be high energy, they can be... Whatever, whatever you want to say about them. But they're showing their character and they're highlighting who they are. So when they get out of this rivalry with the Viking Raiders, people know who the Street Profits are and then they can cheer them or boo them or whatever they want to do. But they know who they are and they're invested in them. You're not going to get invested in somebody by just watching them have matches over and over again. Just have, just have 50-50 booked cold matches week after week. Nobody's going to care about that. Nobody cared about Hawkins and Ryder when they were doing that. Nobody cared about the Revival when they were doing that. Hell, nobody has cared about the Viking Raiders to this point because they haven't had the ability to really amplify their Viking characters, whatever that may be. Now, to be fair, I don't particularly like the direction that the Viking Raiders are going. I think they're a little too comedic. It's a little too cartoony. But the point remains is that they're trying, right? They're trying to build characters for them. You saw that in the basketball game. You saw that in the axe throwing. They're basically pushing forward this narrative that the Viking Raiders are completely independent of society. They are Vikings that live the Viking lifestyle and have no concept of the world that's that's outside of that. Ivar didn't know what check meant when he was playing basketball. He didn't know, I think, <laughs> in last week... What did he say? Like Montez said, made a Tiger Woods reference, and then Ivar is like, "Oh, is there a tiger in the woods?" Like he didn't know who Tiger Woods was. You can see, you could argue whether or not it, that was comedy, whether that was funny or not. But the point is that they're pushing forward these characters that are completely separated from society, and they're just savages. That's what they'd want to do. That's what they want to get over, and that's how they're doing it with these segments. You can't only, you can't do that by wrist locks and doing the same three high spots that the Viking Raiders do every match. Nobody gives a shit about that. You can say the same thing about the Street Profits. Yeah, we, we've seen the Spine Buster Frog Splash a thousand times. How many times are you going to tope over the top rope, Montez? Nobody's going to care no matter how many times you do it. Viking Raiders, yeah, Ivar, we know you can do a cartwheel. We got it. You don't have to do it every fucking match. But these segments, the basketball game, the, the axe-throwing thing, it takes these people outside of the ring and provides a platform for them to really build their characters, build their personalities. So when they go 
and do whatever they do in the future. People know who they are and they can get invested in the storylines that they're involved in. Especially nowadays, you don't have anybody in the crowd. So why wouldn't you do these pre-recorded segments? You can argue, you know, you have if you have a an arena full of people, why would you have them all watch a Titantron to see a thing that you recorded earlier? They are there to see a live show. But now, there's nobody to see the live show. So you, but you could just have a whole show of this kind of stuff and it'd be good. They should be doing more of this. More Viking, more, more axe throwing, more basketball, more boneyard match, more Firefly Funhouse, more of all of that shit. Because that's what gets people talking. That's what gets people entertained. And that's what gets people invested in characters, which ultimately is why ratings aren't as good nowadays as they used to be. There's a lot of different factors that play into it, but a big part of it is that the fact there are no characters. There's no household names. There's no defining characteristics of these people because all they do is go out there and have wrestling matches. Nobody's gonna, You're not going to bring in new viewers by having wrestling matches. You bring in new viewers by having characters that people can be entertained by and they, they can latch on to. That's why it bothers me so much when you have people on Twitter saying, Oh, well, this is a poor booking decision. What, why are you having non-wrestling on a wrestling show? Because that's what's made wrestling successful in the past, you dunce. Wrestling. I think that, that episode, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, that had like the, the all-time low record for Raw. That episode had nothing but wrestling. Almost nothing but wrestling. People don't watch for wrestling. They watch for moments. They watch for build-up of stories. They watch to see how stories unfold. You're not savvy. You're not smart for preferring wrist locks over axe throwing. Nobody is impressed. In fact, you're an absolute dumbass who is completely unable to critically think on a macro level. You look at, you see axe throwing, right? You see this tweet by WWE, get, re- get ready for the axe throwing contest on Raw. You look at that in a vacuum and you see, oh, this is silly. I, I-, I don't like this. Really? Do you prefer Private Party versus Lucha Bros on a Who Gives a Fuck episode of AEW Dark that has absolutely no bearing on the future? Do you prefer a cold match between whoever the who's the Jack Evans and, and, and Helico, whatever their team name is. I don't even know what their team name is because all they do is have matches. Would you prefer a cold match between the, the Lucha or the, what, the Jurassic Express and SCU? You just, you just want that wrestling. You, you want the, 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 the clotheslines and the grappling and the headlocks. No, nobody's cared about that. That's why the tag team division has been a flop in AEW. Outside of Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, which, by the way, guess what? Had a story behind it, so that's why people liked it. Fuck, dude. You know, people complain nonstop online that WWE has no variety in their storylines. They complain that they don't have characters. They, they, they complain that they're not building up stars. You know how you build up stars? It's not by having cold matches with no buildup. It's by having characters that are built, having stories that are planted... And having those characters interact with those stories in a way that fans get invested in it. It's so simple, but people want to pretend so hard that they prefer just bell-to-bell wrestling with no build-up. Street Profits versus Viking Raiders is a simple story portrayed in a pretty cartoony but pretty entertaining way. Even if you don't think it's entertaining, the, the point is that they're attempting to be entertaining. They're attempting to build these characters. If you respond to that with, oh, I didn't think it was funny, so it was a failure, you're a dunce. 
if that's your response to that. The point here is that they're building these characters. They've, they're listening to the fans saying, we want stars, we want characters by doing these kind of segments. And when they do these kind of segments, you go back to saying, oh, we just want wrestling. Do you want wrestling? Really? Is that why you're all shitting on Edge versus Randy Orton too? That's my second match. I said there was two matches or two storylines that I wanted to get into. First was Viking Raiders, Street Profits. Second one is Edge and Randy Orton. You have people complaining about this axe throwing and basketball stuff saying, oh, we, we don't want this kind of shit on my wrestling show. I want wrestling on my wrestling show. Then what do you get? You get Randy Orton and Edge saying, hey, we're going to have a wrestling match. People are like, oh, just a wrestling match? What, it's just, just going to be a wrestling match? I want, I want, I want more stuff. I want, I want tables and chairs and fire and, and candy canes and thumbtacks and fucking cucumbers up my ass or whatever. <laughs> do you do you want wrestling or do you want non-wrestling? Because it seems that whatever the WWE gives you, you just want the opposite just to be a contrarian. Just to complain. People just want to complain for the sake of complaining. They, they can't just be content with what they're given. They can't just let a product unfold in front of them. They have to get in front of it to preserve their smart fan persona. I'm, I'm not like you, you, you other casuals. I'm the smart fan. Are ya or are you a virgin neckbeard cuck boy? I would go with the latter. So you have Edge and Randy Orton. By far the most anticipated match going into WrestleMania. The build up to it was great. They had the prior history together. They had um they had great promos back and forth. They had, you know, Randy Orton took out Edge with a concerto, a move that hadn't been used in years. He attacked Edge's wife. Whatever, whatever. You know, the build up even if you don't if you didn't particularly like it, you could at least acknowledge the merit in how much effort each man was putting into it. They were both given time to tell the story through promos and through other segments to the point where that match was probably more anticipated than any other match on the card. They had their last man standing match at WrestleMania. Now, I've said before, it went a little long for my taste. It's not a match I would particularly go back and watch. It got a lot of criticism online, but at the end of the day, I thought it was an okay match, and I thought it was a suitable blow-off for their feud. Now, I... Like many of you, I'm sure, when I saw that, that video package before Raw a few weeks ago saying, Edge and Randy Orton are returning to Raw. Is this Edge hunting down the Viper or whatever they said? I kind of rolled my eyes at it like, oh, God, like I thought we finished this. And for me, it was more like, okay, we have Edge back. I'd rather see him face new people than face Randy Orton a thousand more times when he's already faced him a thousand times in the past. So I had the same view. I was on the same boat with you guys. So we have their, they both come back to Raw. They're both in the ring. Randy acknowledges that Edge beat him at WrestleMania, proved that he was the better man that night, but he did not prove that he was a better wrestler. So Randy Orton then challenged him to a straight up wrestling match. Now, people are looking at this. They see, okay, they had a last man standing match at this pay-per-view. Now the next pay-per-view, they're just going to have a straight up singles match. That's backwards to what I've usually seen, so that must mean that it's wrong. Now, that is how an idiot thinks. How a at least somewhat competent person thinks. They look at it and see, okay, they're going from a last man standing match to a singles match. Now, what's the story there and why are they doing it? They don't immediately jump on it like, oh, this is different than what I've always seen, so that means it's wrong and it means it's stupid. No, it doesn't. That first promo... 
Literally, it was just Randy Orton challenging Edge. People were shitting on it from the get-go. Before it could even before a story could even unfold in front of them, they were shitting on it. They they wanted to get in front of it before it could unfold because they wanted to seem smart. That's the cancer that is infiltrated in the wrestling community is that everyone just wants to seem smart and they want to seem like they're in the know. They want to criticize everything they see because they think they know more than the actual performers do, even though the performers have been doing it for decades. Absolutely asinine. So I stumbled upon uh, an article on nodq.com, which I've I've really never been to this site, but I've, I've been like kind of browsing it and looking at the comments under each article. And man, this is probably one of the worst like segments of the wrestling community I've ever seen, dude. It's just all anti WWE, no matter what it is. It's all really just people that don't know how to critically think on any level it's just they see things in a vacuum and they just like just fucking bang their hands on the table and fucking slobber and jewel comes out of their mouth over anything wwe tries to do but there's one article news whatever you want to call it but basically edge posted on instagram basically a build-up it was basically a picture of him and randy orton this monday on raw we're gonna whatever Basically building up to him accepting Randy Orton's challenge on Raw. So there was a comment under that post that said, In what alternate universe do you start the feud with a last man standing match and end it with a straight up wrestling match? Lol, you should have stayed retired, bogus. Now, <laughs> and look, here, here's, here's Edge's response. Because Edge's response is better than anything I could say here. You have no idea what I have planned. And because of that, you have no idea what you're talking about. Does every story you ever read or movie you've watched play out the same? Because that sounds boring as hell to me. So you can complain or quit being that jaded smart fan and just try and enjoy something and and watch the power paradigm shift and play out. Basically, to paraphrase, he says, yeah, this isn't what you normally see, but how about you just shut the fuck up and see how it turns out? Which is basically what I was saying before. People don't want to just like let things play out in front of them. They think they know how the finish is going to end. They think they know how this is going to play out. And when it doesn't go the way they think it's going to go, they have a temper tantrum because they were wrong about a thing. Because their smart fan persona was cracked and that's all they have to rely on. That's all they have to hang on in their life is being a smart internet wrestling fan. People thought the same thing about Brock and Roman at WrestleMania. Everybody was convinced, oh, it's going to be Roman Reigns' coronation. Of course, yeah, Roman Reigns is going to be the big dog that takes the the monster off the mountain and he's going to win the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Did that happen? No, it did not happen that way. People were so convinced that they knew the finish of the match that they shit all over it before it even happened during the match before it was even over they were booing it because they already thought roman reigns was gonna win brock lesnar ended up winning and everybody popped now just think if you're watching as a fan and not a smart mark analyst think if you just watched that match as a fan oh i wonder what's gonna happen in this match you would have enjoyed it so much more you wouldn't have been bogged down by the fact that you thought you you knew that roman reigns is gonna win and you could have just enjoyed the match for what it was and then had that same pop reaction when brock lesnar ended up winning this is the same thing here on a different scale people are so conformed to seeing okay 
So these you have wrestler A and wrestler B. They'll have a feud till the pay-per-view. They'll have a regular match. Then person say person B wins. Then the next pay-per-view they they build up again to a gimmick match. And then person A wins. And then so it's 50-50 booked. Both guys won a match. Both guys lost a match. Move on. So both that, that means both people are strong, right? That means both people that means that the feud was a success because it went from singles match to gimmick match, just like it always does. All right, next, as I don't tune in and care about any of this. People pretend that that's what they want. People pretend like that's the right thing to do, but it hasn't been. Fans have been consistently asking for new concepts, for fresh builds. You're getting one with Edge and Randy Orton. They started with a last man standing match. They started with a brutal brawl around the performance center. A vicious, personal fight. They started with that. Randy Orton lost that match. Randy Orton's pissed that he lost that match. He can't live with the fact that Edge beat him at WrestleMania. And in his mind, he justifies that loss by, oh, it wasn't an actual wrestling match, so it doesn't count. That's the character that they're trying to put over with Randy Orton. It's simple. You can watch it. Randy Orton thinks, okay, he he beat me in some hokey gimmick match, but I would beat him in an actual wrestling match. This is WWE, and the second W stands for wrestling. Wrestling is what matters here, not last man standing matches. So if I beat Edge in a straight up wrestling match, that means that I'm the better wrestler, and that that means I am the better man. Edge, who hasn't had a pure one-on-one wrestling match in over nine years, is timid to accept that challenge at first, but then he comes out the week later and accepts it because he's so fed up with Randy Orton. He's so emotionally off the rails with Randy Orton that he'll just accept anything. Randy Orton's playing mind games with Edge. He's luring Edge into his playground, which is just a straight-up wrestling match, building up to the match at Backlash between the two in just a one-on-one singles match. That's the story. It's easy. It's simple. And yet, it's different than what we normally see. So there's an intrigue factor just in that fact. But people... <laughs> oh, they think like going from a last man standing match to a singles match is like a, like a downslope. Like it's going to be less intense just because there's no ref counts every five seconds. Just because there's no trash cans or tables. They think it's going to be a worse match. And that is a brain-dead way of thinking. That, that, that way of thinking is, is why the wrestling community is so terrible. Is because they don't want to even just watch. Maybe it ends up being better than I thought. They don't even want to give it a chance. They just want to shit on it. Because, oh, here's my opportunity to complain online. I can make a really sick tweet about this. Let me type that bad boy up. Let, let me comment under Edge's post. Everybody will think I'm so smart for this. Nobody thinks you're smart. This dude on Instagram that commented under Edge's post got completely annihilated. Annihilated. Love to see it. So that was under his Instagram post. Now, this Instagram post and the fans comment were covered on a NoDQ article like I mentioned before. Now, I thought that fan was the worst of it, but then I scrolled down to the comments And it gets even fucking worse, dude. Here's one comment. This guy says, The fan is right. If they actually go through with a regular match at the next pay-per-view, then the psychology of this feud is in reverse. I don't know if Edge is right when he replied that he has something planned to change it from a regular match to something bigger 
it would have to eclipse a last man standing match or if he's replying defensively because he knows the fan is right. Let's get let's just dissect that for a second. The fan is right. If they actually go through with a regular match in the next pay-per-view, then the psychology is in reverse. Yeah, the psychology is in reverse. That's the point of it. Fans ask and plead for something different. They give you something different, and then you still complain. The psychology is in reverse. Like, that's a negative thing. He's saying that it's like an objectively bad thing. It's not. You, have, you don't know what the psychology of the feud is going to be. Like I said, you're trying to get in front of it before it happens because you want to sound smart. And in doing that, you just sound dumb. And then you, you, this guy goes on to say, like, he's implying that Edge is going to change the storyline to make it into a bigger match that's going to be bigger than the last hand standing match. It's not even what he said. He's interpreting him wrong. He's not even listening. He's not even reading. He thinks plans for the future of this match. He thinks that it, the only plans it could be is making the match more gimmicky and more more fire and more metal and more weapons. Uh, like that's all you can do to further a storyline. That's like a such a like a, a a shallow level of thinking if you think that's the only way you can progress a storyline. The fan is right. Really, the fan so a, a, a random ass fan knows more than Edge does about wrestling psychology. Do I even need to go into why that is such a fucking idiotic thing to think? If you've never been in the ring, if you've never been in a wrestling promotion, if you've never had a character to develop or a storyline to further, you can't tell a wrestler that you know better than him. You just can't. You're going to be wrong 100% of the time. 100. There's another comment on this post. This guy says, You have to learn to walk before you learn to fly. You have to... Bake the cake before you lay the icing. First of all, just this build up to this fucking post is douchey and it just screams, I have no argument, so let me just add a lot of fluffer to it. But he goes on to say, if you like things in reverse or altered psychology just for the sake of being different, then more power to you. Taker should start having buried alive matches right off the bat and then standard one fall matches afterwards. That would be the sensible thing to do. HBK should have retired at WrestleMania 25 and then came back out of retirement for another match at WrestleMania 26. That would have been so different and cool. That's what this guy says. Obviously, he's being sarcastic. First of all, equating <laughs> going from a last man standing match to a singles match, equ like equating that to Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement, that the, the fact that he thinks that's equivalent at all is laughable. It's hilarious. That's not the same thing. It's a false equivalency. You can't just try to find things that are similar and use that as your argument. It's not the same. Altered psychology for the sake of being different. It's what does it what does it even mean? So you're saying you just want things to play out as they always do over and over again, be repetitive, be predictable, just like you complain always about and when they do something that's not predictable, you complain about it because it's not predictable. Like, what the fuck? For the sake of being different. Or maybe they have a plan for a storyline. Maybe it's not just for the sake of being different. Maybe it's because it makes sense in the context of the feud, which I explained earlier, and which is easily interpreted from their promos that they've had on Raw, why they are going from a last man standing match to a singles match. I went over that earlier in this episode. It was a clear, concise explanation as to why it is. 
but people don't even want to watch the, the promos. People don't want to actually watch the product that they're complaining about. They just want to play, complain for the sake of complaining. They want to have no critical thinking skills and they want to just see things, just tunnel vision and just, oh, here's my opportunity to, to complain about something. People really enjoy that. Nobody enjoys it. Nobody enjoys it. What else? I feel like there's other comments under here. And then the guy says, you work your way up, not down. You build up to big matches as a way to end a feud once and for all. I have realized what has happened, though. They turned what was supposed to be a one-on-one match into a last-man-standing match after a COVID hit because they knew there would be no crowd. So to bypass the no crowd issue, they were forced to do a gimmick match right at the start. Otherwise, I'm sure that it would have been a one-on-one regular match, and they would have built up to a last-man-standing match or some other blow-off gimmick match. But, there's still no crowd. <laughs> He's saying that they they made the WrestleMania match a last-man-standing match because it was no crowd. But, even though they still have no crowd, they're going to do a one that I, I, I don't even... I can't even wrap my head around that logic, honestly. I don't even know why I brought that up. That's so fucking stupid. Um, Wow. It's amazing that that guy typed that out and thought and hit send. Maybe he didn't proofread or something. I don't know. Um, Like, (laughs) it's this concept of, like, you think because you take the weapons away and you you add DQs to the equation. You think just because you do that, that that's, like, building down. When in reality, in the context of this rivalry, it's building up. Because no longer is it just this this hokey, corny gimmick match. It's two guys in a ring. It's more personal that way. In the context of this feud. Like I said, let it play out in front of you and then judge it after it occurs. If they go through this and they just fumble the whole thing, that then go ahead, shit on it. But you're, if shitting on it before it even happens, that's desperate, dude. You're desperately trying to get some validation because you obviously lack it in the rest of your life. And that is truly pathetic. I don't want to drag this on too long, guys, but like, dude, smarks, smart fans, whatever you want to call them, are ruining wrestling. They're ruining it because there's no pleasing them. There's no pleasing these fans. And the smart fans think they know what people want and they are incorrect almost every time. People complain that we get the same old buildups, we get the same old segments, you know, contract signings, uh, eight-man tag matches, backstage interviews. People say, people complain and complain that we're getting the same things over and over again, that we're getting the same segments, the same build, the same lead-up every single time. They complain about that, and then WWE then throws you, oh, here's something different. Here's an axe-throwing contest in basketball. Here's here's a... I can do anything better than you can concept rivalry, much like they did with Matt Hardy and MVP. Here, let me throw that at you. What do the fans do? Oh, this isn't what we're normally used to, so that means it's bad. Are you fucking dumb? This is why the tag team division sucks. Is it why the tag team division sucks? Or does it suck because it's nothing but wrestling with cold, lifeless characters? Axe throwing at basketball is fucking silly, but it gives these people characters and it builds up people so that then when they have the match, it's not in front of a dead audience. I know it doesn't really apply now during the COVID stuff, but you know what I mean? 
people will tune in and will be invested because of segments like this. And they will be invested in these characters going forward as long as they continue this momentum. They complain. The fans complain. Oh, we're getting all these non-wrestling segments on my wrestling show. Okay, here's Edge and Randy Orton that are having a rivalry that is literally 100% about wrestling. But wrestling? Just wrestling? That's all you're going to give me? (laughs) It's like a fucking loop. It loops around to where they just complain about everything. Non-stop complaining. These smart marks, these smart fans, quote-unquote, will never be satisfied. They complain for the sake of complaining. They complain because they think it makes them smart, when in reality, it makes them the dumbest people alive. Watch just watch the product as a fan. I said that in my first episode, and I still say it now. Watch the wrestling as a fan. Let it play out. Stop trying to analyze everything before it happens, because you will not enjoy the product when you look at it that way. You never will. Stop clutching on to that smart mark persona and just watch wrestling as a fan. I promise you'll enjoy it much more that way. I am hard. Thank you.